Amen. Amen. Bless you. Bless Good morning, you. church. I don't know how many of you were just jumping or hopping or dancing, but that was very good. And um, I'm trying to catch my breath here because of um, this is where I say I keep hopping up like a popcorn. But <laughs> how are we this morning? How is everybody this morning? Now I can hear you can be louder than that. How is everybody this morning? Now we're talking. So, before I start, I'm going to ask a question. How many of you have sort of looked at yourself in the mirror in the past week? Oh, nobody? That's a shame. You mean when you go into the loo, a public loo or the office loo, you don't kind of like just take a look at yourself? Oh, I look good. Do you not do that? Oh, well. There is no shine in looking at yourself and saying you look good because actually God made you look good. But we have sort of created a mentality or a culture or a dynamic where people believe that, oh, um, I'm too skinny, I'm too fat, oh, my legs are too, are not right, my toenails don't look nice, my fingernails don't look, look awful. I wish I had that person's legs. I wish I had that person's feet. I wish I had those set of teeth that lady has. I wish my hair just looked as lovely as that lady's hair. I wish I could just dress like that person. But you forget that when God made you, he said, you were good. He didn't say good. He said, you were good. You know what that means? That's emphasizing on the word good, as in, for God to make you and say to himself that you're good, man. Nobody should tell you you look awful because the God who created you has made you very, very good. And you need to work in this mentality and this, in this culture of God has made me unique. Whether you think you're overweight, underweight, middleweight, or you think you're tall, short, medium, you're unique in your own way. Anyway, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for um, a time like this. And we just ask you, Lord, that you will open up our understanding to understand what you're about to say to us this morning. Lord, prepare our heart that your word will fall on every heart. The Bible says that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, that it pierces into the bones and the marrow, dividing us on. Lord, we just pray that your word this morning, Lord, will will do a surgical work in the life of every man, woman, boy, girl in this place today. Dear Lord, help us to understand that we are made unique and we stand as a representative of you in this earth. We stand to praise you, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord, for setting the atmosphere right like you've done through the worship. And I pray that this that atmosphere will follow true to the message this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, now holding on to that thought this morning, we are all made in one person's image. But we are all different. And last week, a um, couple of weeks ago, um, Pastor Tom was talking about how we are all, you know, we cannot do without each other. 
which is very good, which is very, very important. Now, if you would like to follow me through to the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our own likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Now, there is a bit of an emphasis there. It says, created him, male and female, he created them. Now, the word created them there, you know, appeared twice there, which is kind of an affirmation as in, yeah, I created you. You don't have any reason to doubt who you are or what you are. Um, but from that scripture, you realize that it wasn't just one person that came to make, to create an image of us. It says, so you uh, said, then God said, let us. There were more than one person. It wasn't just him creating. Imagine three people, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit coming together. What a duo. No, that's not duo, no. You know, what a combination of amazing people coming together to make us. And, you know, these three people came to make just a single you. Now, you are a carrier of three people. And we don't realize it because we go with this thought process of, you know, I'm just me. Nobody knows what I'm suffering. Nobody knows what I'm going through. But the God who created you knows the ins and outs of your life. He knows what you go through, and he knows how those things affect you in different ways. But we as humans tend to run away from him. And the Bible says in the book of um, Genesis chapter 3, you know, when the, um, he said, when the serpent came to tempt Eve. Now, the serpent didn't tempt Adam. Now, um, I was reading something the other day, and I discovered that, um, that scholars and um, theologians have this mentality that a woman was not created in the image of God. Women, don't kill me right now. Just, I'm, just, I'm just saying it the way it is. But. Actually, God actually created the woman out of the, the rib, from the rib of a man. But there is a bit of an affirmation, which is where he says, he says, God created him, male and female, he created them. So that means that even though Adam was created in the image and the likeness of God, and the woman came out of the man, and he called her woman, but before then, Adam, before Eve was created, Adam was told to name all the animals in the garden, which he did. But he discovered there was something missing. And that missing part was what he, um, I think he noticed that every other creature created, every other animal had, they were all paired up, the male and the female. And God, or the all-knowing God, discover that this guy needs somebody to, you know, help him out. And he created a woman from him. Now, Adam is a representation of God made in his image. Now, the woman coming out of him is coming out through the image of God that, that has been identified in Adam. So there is a connection. There is um, there's a kind of 
a piece of him, a piece of the image of God in him made woman. And woman was made. Anyway, I'm not teaching that today. So, we're made in God's image and morality is the understanding, is underlining of the human nature. Like a compass aligns to magnetic north, so we align ourselves to holiness, godliness, and righteousness. These are the characteristics of, 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 the, of being an image, of realizing that we are made in the image and in the likeness of God. But first, what's an image? The dictionary definition of an image puts it like this, as in an artistic representation of a thing which could also be a feeling or an emotion. Now, it makes me think that why would Paul say something like, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror and the next thing you go out, you forget completely who you are, which is really the human nature. You look at yourself in the mirror like, I'm looking good. Then you step out there, you see somebody else, oh, no, I don't think I look good. Look at that lady, look at that man. Then you forget the fact that what you carry inside of you is way better than what the person you're admiring has. All you need to do is to say to God, now this is going to be very funny. I'm not tall enough. Can I be a bit taller? Now, that's very funny. I don't know how God is going to find that kind of prayer, but it's worth trying. So an image is a reflection and not the real thing. We are like God in that we have a position of authority. Now, his image that we are carrying, it means that we have a physical and spiritual structure. Now, the, spiritual, the physical and spiritual structure is, is us in flesh. Now, God is a spirit. And the Bible says that they that worship the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, because he is a spirit, he desires that we worship him in spirit. Now, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, beginning from verse 1, it says that, you know, when man fell, it was, man now developed this consciousness, which is what we all suffer from now and every now and then, this self-consciousness, this unconscious and consciousness mentality where we don't believe in who we are and what we are. Now, that kind of cuts us out from the image of God who we represent. Now, as a result of the fall of man, when they ate the apple in the garden and they left the, and, and they were not chased out of the garden, do you know that God did not just abandon them even though they were chased out of the garden? God still kept looking after them and taking care of them. So when we fall out of faith and fall out of um, fall into sin, God does not abandon us. He doesn't just leave us to it. He also, he's always there making sure that you remember to come back to him. Now, one thing God wouldn't do, God wouldn't force himself onto us because we all have choices. When he created us, he gave us choice. Now, the choice we make is what defines who we are. Now, what are the parameters of your choice or the choice that you make? The choice you make is the fact that you want to be here today. Where do you want to be tomorrow? How do you want to act when you're in the presence of people? How do you want to function when, you need, when there is a need for you to function? 
it is all well and good for us to say, oh, it's my choice, I've made the choice, that's fine, it's, my, it's all about me or nobody else. It is something that we all find ourselves doing. And until you and I begin to understand that it is not just about the choices we make, it is how does the choice you make affect the God you serve? How does the choice you make affect the God that you call upon day and night? Now, when man fell, Adam became very conscious. Adam and Eve became very conscious of themselves. And as a result of that, they, they, they decided to find the missing link. Man decided to go find solace with animal. And that's why men began to see chimpanzee or whatever, like, oh, I look like him. Because it is believed that animals tend to live in their body consciousness. So Adam was like, oh, okay, I've been chased out of the garden. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, we look, we look alike. This is somebody that has lost focus of who he is and now attributing himself to an animal. And that's how we find ourselves sometimes. We forget that, you know, God has made me special. God has made me unique. But how am I able to imbibe this culture of uniqueness, of, of me being special? How do, I, how do I incorporate this into my life to help me live my daily life knowing that I am grounded and rooted in him? Understanding of what the Bible teaches about us. Now, this is me trying to give you an, um, an understanding of how I'm breaking this down. We need to understand what the Bible teaches about us looking at the passage of creation and how we're made. After God created everything, the stage was still unset because God needed somebody to take care of what he had created. And God needed to create you and I, or you and me, because he needed somebody to exercise that authority. And how do we exercise your authority is by having Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, giving your life to Christ. You do not have an authority. Forget the fact that the government have authority, humans have authority, but the underwriting thing there is, is the fact that the authority God gives you supersedes every other authority made by man. You have the power to command things to happen. But until you begin to understand that you have been given that power right from the Garden of Eden when Adam was given the power to name the animals. Now, that was a big authority. I don't think there's any other authority given to human beings that is as big as that, apart from when Jesus came down on earth and exercised his authority as the son of the living God. So the maker, who do we refer to as a maker? The one who made you or the one who will make you or is it the one that's in the process of making you? Our God is an all-knowing God. And because he's an all-knowing God, he knows when when you've fallen, and he knows when you're weak, and he knows when you need strength. So in the book of Psalm 139, it says, 
um, tells us that God knew every one of our days before any of them existed. Now, people are made in God's image. People made in God's image, which, is comprised, which comprises of the mind and the will. So we represent Christ here on earth, and we represent everything that he does, that he will do through you and he will do through me. But the structure of the image is we reflecting who we are. Um, scholars believe that when the Bible says that we are made in that image, that, that that means God has feelings and emotions and all that. But to be honest, I believe God has feelings and emotions. That kind of showcased itself when he came to earth. He came as man. So we have feelings, we have emotion, we have will, will to do the right thing, will to do the wrong thing. We must not live this life merely as the sum total of our existence. We can do more. God has called us to do more. It's not just waking up in the morning like, oh, okay, that's my life, I'm out. No, there is more to life than than just existing. There are people that exist because they believe they exist. But you are different. You're not just existing, but you're an image carrier of an existing eternal God. And this God wants you to display these characteristics in your everyday life. And that's why the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. When I first started reading that scripture, I thought about food. When I heard the word bread, I was like, that's food. But after reading that scripture over and over again, and I realized that it is not just food, that God gives us every day what we need. There is a provision for every single day. Now, for you to exist in today, he has given you everything you need to exist for today and for the now. That's why he says, do not worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, or what tomorrow is going to be. Worry about now. Think about now. He's the God of the now. Although he, he knows your future and he knows your past, but he's the God of the now. His image. This God who created us made us his image. A perfect Fact repeated twice, which I did say earlier on in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. As an image bearer of the Creator, the physically or mentally challenging, which challenges this value. So we have this value that as we are made in His image, we are faced with mental challenges, we are faced with physical challenges, which is what we human beings will face. But our God knows that we will face all these things. And like I said, he makes provision for us to overcome every single thing. Now, if I read the book of um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 to 20, it says, Therefore, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, 
in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Now, when you and I fall, we have opportunity to reconcile, to come back to God. But we sometimes tend to run away and say to ourselves, I'm not worthy to find myself where I am. But that's not what God is about, though. He's an all-loving God and he's a forgiving God. And in John chapter 4, verse 24, says, God is a spirit. And his worshippers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, we're made in the image of God. The breath of God is the spirit of God in us, which is why we are alive today. And that is our soul. So because you breathe in and out, you have life. And that life in you is what makes you different from the other person out there. And that life is the spirit of God himself. A spirit does not have a form or a shape. So your body takes the form of the spirit. Your body, my body, takes the form of the Holy Spirit. And that's why the Bible says that Paul said that you are the epistle of Christ. People see you, they read Christ in you. They don't read any other thing, they read Christ in you. The real you is the spirit of God that is in you. The body is just a medium by which we express our thoughts. Our thoughts can be very damaging sometimes, can be very healing sometimes. But the thought is what matters a lot. In Numbers chapter 33, verse 52, it says, Drive out all now, this is it says, drive out all the inhabitants of the of the land before you. Destroy all their carved images and their cast idols and demolish all high places. Now, you as a person, you are made in his image, but sometimes we just drift away and begin to worship the image man has created, the image we create with our own hands. And that's not where God wants us to be. He wants us to be able to see Christ in us as the image. You have to have a spiritual birth. God is a spirit. Man relates to God in the spirit. Now, when you worship God like we did this morning, everybody, people were lifting up their hands in total surrender. Now, that's you worshiping God in your own way. You don't need to mimic anybody else. It just needs to do with the way God, the way you feel pleasing to you to worship the maker. God is seeking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. We are to rule and reign and have dominion, which is the power God gave to, um, to Adam to be able to name the animals. We need to exercise those authorities. We are like God. He has given us choices. My question to you this morning is, 
inasmuch as we're made in his image and in his likeness. I just realized that all through my talk, I never said the title of my message. The title of my message is The Maker, His Image, and Me. I got so engrossed in the, in the message that I completely forgot my, my title. So the title is The Maker, His Image, and Me. Now, the me factor is the bit I'm about to talk about now before I close. Who are you? What are you? Do you tend to ask yourself that question? Am I born again? Have I got a relationship with the maker? And even if I have a relationship with the maker, what kind of relationship is it? Is it a one week only, a one day only, a one year only, a one month only relationship? Or do we have a relationship where you make time for your maker? We are all busy, which is very true. But we need to try and say to ourselves, we need to create the atmosphere or a place to meet with God. A lot of people created that time to meet with God. So this morning, I'd like to say, whatever you think you are, you are made special by God. You've been created in his image and in his likeness. Nobody should tell you otherwise. Nobody should come to you and say to you, you look ugly. Nobody should come to you and say to you, you, look, you don't look good. You look terrible. Because that person isn't talking to you. That person is talking to, to God, whose image you are carrying. So you and I need to be very careful what we say about people. Because we're not saying to, we're not saying to that person, we're saying to the image the person is carrying, which is God. So I'd like for you to, you know, just close your eyes and just ponder about the fact that you've been made special. And not just special, you've been made in his image and in his likeness. God loves you so much for, to make you, to create you. You are not an accident. You're not just in this, in this world to just, you know, come and go or come and leave. You're here to make a mark, and that mark is you being an image carrier. I don't know how many of you have not given your life to Christ at this point. Can I have the band up, please? I don't know how many of you have not said, Lord Jesus, coming to my life. But this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity, and I would like for you to just place your hand in your, on your heart on your chest and just repeat this prayer after me Lord Jesus let's pray it as a church Lord Jesus I ask you Lord come into my life remove from me everything anything that is stopping me from seeing myself the way you have made me I am made in your image and in your likeness. Therefore, God, I walk in this authority, knowing who I am in you. Today, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you. Thank you, Lord, for being my Lord and Savior and for taking your place in my life. 
In Jesus' name. Now I pray for you. There, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that says the maker, his image, and me. Lord, you made us for a reason and for a purpose. We wouldn't have existed without you making us in your image and in your likeness. Lord, we are so, so grateful that we can stand here, Lord, to say thank you. Father God, I pray for as many of us that have lost their identity in you, that have lost their personality in you, that have been broken as a result of what people have said to them in the past. Lord, today you are the God that heals. I ask you, Jesus, would you please heal every broken hearted today? Heal every soul that needs healing today. Bring assurance and reassure everyone that has lost their, their identity in you, Jesus. We ask you, Lord, make us more like you in the way we talk, in the way we think, in the way we reason, in the way we imagine things, Lord. Let's begin to see people the way you see us, Lord. Let's begin to see things the way you see things. Let our focus, Lord, be on you and you alone. Thank you, Jesus, for your spirit that is poured upon us today, Lord. Yes, Lord, I just pray for, I don't know, I, I believe God is healing the broken, the, the one people that are broken in their spirit this morning. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for, for that brokenness, for that brokenness. Jesus, we bring it to you, Lord. We bring it to you, Jesus. Everyone that is broken, mentally broken, emotionally broken, Lord, we just bring them to you this morning. You are the God that heals. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Hallowed be your name. Thank you for who you are, Lord. Oh, Spirit of the living God, just move this morning. For those watching from home, just move. Thank you, Lord. 